Welcome to Evolution of AI with Reese Jones. Dive deep into the intricate world of artificial intelligence, exploring its origins, its impact on our culture, and its future trajectory. Let's get started. So this is a kind of a theoretical kind of biophysics point of view about AI and sex and what is sex and what does it have to do with AI and the evolution of sex and information, both in the past and in the future. We've talked previously about migration from uh, atoms to bits in that life being information and, and the information can be encoded in things like DNA and that sort of biological life. And increasingly, the information that describes a living creature is migrating to the digital form or, or binary. And this trend seems to be accelerating, not slowing down. And obviously, AI is a uh, um, essential component of that as the uh, information becomes smarter, you add processing power to the information. And this is covered by uh, Richard Dawkins, who has the saying that, that biology is fundamentally digital. And that uh, his 1976 book uh, called The Selfish Gene talks about how genes replicate that their main goal is to replicate themselves in a reliable fashion. And those that do propagate that way survive and those that don't uh, go extinct. And he also introduces the concept of memes, which is an information-based heritable trait that is Genes are generally coded in DNA and memes are coded as information that can be both behaviors, but also things like culture and uh, group activities. And, and so it's part of a kind of a hierarchy of complexity where genes are relatively simple, typically a thousand base pairs of uh, DNA coding for proteins that make enzymes that code for metabolism and, and physical traits and so forth. And memes are relatively small pieces of information that uh, has taken on a new meaning with the internet meaning of meme, which is a, an idea or a concept that replicates and propagates rapidly across the internet, where it's not uh, uh, long and complex, but brief and, and conceptual. And so it's... The becoming the mainstream of a meme being something that you share on social media or on the internet or things like that, rather than a behavioral trait, eat fish on Friday, other sorts of behavioral concepts that are shared a, across time. And then he has this concept called a memeplex, which is a collection of memes that make up, for example, a tribal behavior or a religion or a cultural phenomenon. And a memeplex is a collection of genes, like a genome is a collection of genes in DNA. And then there's the concept of language, where how these things are coded and transmitted. And language is not just uh, spoken words, but language of imagery and dance and behavioral gestures and architecture and other sorts of things. And there's an interesting concept that music and singing evolved before linguistic type language and that staccato short words is something that evolved out of singing and music and are even processed in different areas of the brain. And the musical part, both the tones and the songs are something that is 
robustly remembered, even as people are, say, getting Alzheimer's disease, they can still recognize their familiar music much better than their thinking. And a language and, and these behaviors in the broader sense are, are what's coded in culture and makes up the behavior and characteristics of a tribe or a culture or a group. Uh, and, and then these things can become a more complex memeplex into things like religions that are organized structures of complex collections of memes that are basically selected for or against based on the survival likelihood it brings to the species that follow that the culture or religion. Over a long period of time, we've talked about life before Earth and the origin of Earth is, was about four and a half billion years ago, where the Big Bang was 13 and a half billion years ago. And the complexity of life has been increasing and in terms of different forms, so prokaryotes and eukaryotes, eukaryotes are, are basically a cell inside a cell. Prokaryotes are more simple cells, and they're still rather complex. So prokaryote has maybe a, a million base pairs of DNA in, in its simplest form and about a thousand genes, and it gets more complex from there over time. And this complexity, if you project it forward, you get into essentially mammals and fish and reptiles and other kind of vertebrates, and the complexity of those increases. And the mean part or the behavioral information part is getting even more complex more quickly. And this exponential graph, if you project back in time, the origin of the complexity of life was already pretty complex with prokaryotes and the origin of Earth. So in all likelihood that uh, the elements of life started before Earth started and arrived here rather than started from zero on Earth after it was formed. And this is continuing to uh, gain in complexity with essentially information memes and AI, which is processing power on the uh, information. And so this is an exponential growth, but the complexity of life that uses memes is uh, also uh, uh, accelerating. And so this may be a double exponential or increasing in complexity more rapidly than just the biochemistry can do. And so the cells came relatively soon after the origin of Earth. And the uh, cells is basically a, a boundary, a membrane of an inside and an outside. And the chemistry that uh, likely happened in liquids uh, before cell membranes evolved can happen more efficiently and more reliably inside a container with a border and a boundary. And cellular life is, is generally what biologists would say that's life. And things like viruses or prions or whatever that are simpler than that usually need life to replicate. And so they're the, the boundary of well, what is life, the way a biologist talks about it, uh, requires a cell membrane with an inside and an outside, where a virus uh, uh, can have a, a membrane, but the virus uses the machinery in somebody else's cell to replicate. And so the complexity didn't start with cells, it started before cells. But cells started fairly early. There's evidence of imprints from 
fossilized cells uh, around 4 billion years ago. About 2 billion years ago, cells started to gather together and then differentiate. And so single cell organisms do gather together in groups, uh, but all the cells are the same. And they create things like biofilms to protect them and so forth. But when after a, a couple billion years, they started to differentiate first from prokaryotes, which are simple cells, to eukaryotes, which are cells inside of cells, as I mentioned. And then the multi-cells get together and create more complex organisms. And then about half a billion years ago, sensors and brains evolved. So it's quite recent in the history of the evolution of, of biology. And the sensors like eyes allowed for hunting and avoiding being hunted. And the brains evolve memory and processing power to make sense of what's coming in in the sensors. And very recently, only about 2 million years ago, evolved tools and the use of tools. And these are something that are evolving very rapidly as the tools get smarter, just as the brains came into biology. Smartness or processing power of brains is making the tools smarter with computers and AI. And these are evolving at an exponential pace. One to two billion years ago, did sex evolve as a replication method? And so it's a new thing in that cells and even some simple multicellular creatures replicate without sex. And sex is an innovation that was invented by the evolution of biology that mixes up the code of the hardware of biology on a regular basis, and this was more survivable or preferred in natural selection in that organisms that can change their hardware or reboot it with each generation are also better at adapting to changing ecosystems. And ecosystems change, so sex has become the dominant uh, replication method for complex organisms and then memes are even more recent, less than half a billion years ago, maybe even more recent than that, which is the information software side of the uh, biochemical hardware. And so these are newer innovations in the evolution of life. And these are uh, extending into smarter tools that process memes or information. And this would generally be called computers and AI. Uh, in that computers are the hardware and AI is the software that is adapting to things that change faster than the ecosystem moment to moment. So this is a kind of an iterative cycle of simple to complex and then hardware to software. And so single cells can form communities, as I mentioned, and one of the other characteristics of sex is that sex and death are, are tightly related in that without sex, you don't really need death as much. And people don't often think about sex and death as being the same thing, but they're part of a cycle. And that the death is to remove the older, out-of-date production hardware and replace it with rebooted new hardware. And so if death didn't go with sex, the it's a problem with parasites and so forth that in that if you don't kill off the prior generations, usually with a timed clock, like aging and death, the older generations become a reservoir that parasites can fester in 
and kill the new generation as they reach maturity. And so death and sex are part of the the mating strategy or, or the reproductive strategy of the more complex organisms. And these are mostly where there's differentiated cells that where some cells become liver cells and other cells become finger cells and others brain cells. And they're doing different functions, but part of the same organization. And memes uh, are something that's evolved when there's differentiated cells to process information. And then the equivalent of a community in a differentiated organism uh, is, we would call that a culture, which could be at a family or tribal or pack level, but then it can scale into more scaled types of religions and, and communities or sanghas of culture, and then more formalized reproducing structures of memes, meme plexes that we would call religions. And these are evolving their own way to replicate themselves reliably. And these are like scriptures from religions or ways of teaching them or ways of uh, replicating them across time and across space. And then AI is playing into that in that it's processing in the information space that is uh, making that replication more efficient. And it's an adaptation to the changing ecosystem faster and more reliable. And evolution doesn't happen at a steady pace. There's sort of bursts of creativity. And a recent one, also about half a billion years ago, was what they call the the Cambrian explosion, where a small number of species differentiated very rapidly into many different kinds. Most of them are extinct. In fact, 99% of species that ever existed are already extinct, which is not good odds for species that exist today to continue. But life finds a way to persist and new hardware and new beam software is evolving to deal with or better survive in changing environments. And so this pattern of of increasing complexity is steady where the individual species that make it up uh, change relatively periodically. So in the death and sex combination, people talk about primordial uh, life, which is literally means life before death, and that uh, cells and some of the life forms of that time are effectively immortal and that they don't age and die on a clock mechanism, where sexual reproduction organisms, as I mentioned, are designed to be fresh, the new leaves on a tree in the spring but then die in the fall to make a way for new leaves that'll be better adapted to the environment. And different species play this immortality, sex and death formula slightly differently. And and so they have different life expectancies and different uh, aging patterns. And uh, humans have a a life expectancy around 100 years. And uh, Few people live uh, longer than that, and the uh, and that's something that uh, has evolved um, by natural selection to be the optimal age for humans as they currently exist. Some people want to make it longer, and other species uh, are indeed longer. Tortoises or certain kinds of sharks uh, can live hundreds of years, and with more or less the same biochemistry as people. And then things like Dogs and cats live uh, a fraction of the time of humans. 
and they're eating the same food, living in the same house, sleeping in the same beds often, but they live one-seventh as long. And so the aging and death and longevity and life expectancy are coded in the genes, but it's a variable that can change with different species. But it's not just disease and decay. These things are programmed in, in that no human has lived more than 126 years verified. And that's one out of 8 billion. And most 90 some percent die within 100 years. And so from a biochemical point of view, this can be extended. But from a species optimization point of view, this is where it is for humans. And it can be less than that and viable or more than that and viable. And so these are biochemical um, processes and coding that replicate using the biochemistry of DNA, which has an error rate, like the human DNA is about 10 to the eighth bits of information. And it has an error rate of about one in 10 to the eighth for replicating DNA. So with every replication, you get an error and the errors eventually lead to a breakdown of the system. And so things like information, however, can replicate more reliably than that, especially in computers and AI. And so the life expectancy of information uh, is likely to be longer, but it's also less energy required to replicate it. Brief bits of information can be useful temporarily, and then others that are persistent information that leads to basic survival will be persistent as the same across a longer period of time. When a asexual reproduction is happening in cells, all of the internal machinery of a cell is first duplicated and then the membrane is separated into two separate cells. And so in a sense, it's making a copy, a clone type copy of each of the parts of the cell and then it breaks off into two separate but more or less equal cells. And so this is asexual reproduction and is common, especially in microbes. And it's fast, it's efficient, but these cells can accumulate errors and are less adapted to the environment, but they make up for it in replication speed. And sexual reproduction is when you divide the cell, you're making two different cells with two different sets of information from essentially two different parent cells. And so this is a, a, a kind of subtle difference, but not that different, really, in terms of the way things reproduce sexually versus asexually. And in humans, for example, the fertilized egg will replicate up to 12 or 16 times before the cells start to differentiate, where all the cells in a fertilized egg or the early stages of development, each of the cells are identical and that you can even separate them and they'll become identical twins or where the DNA is the same, but the individuals evolve differently. And so there's a, not a hard line between sexual and asexual reproduction as to how it works. And the mechanisms of how a more complex sexual reproducing organism works where the first cells are the same clones, asexual reproduction, but then the later cells start to differentiate based on where they are in the formation that blasts you, like they call a group of 16 divisions of cells. 
and where one of them says, I'll be the head and another says, I'll be the tail. And then the gradients of chemistry between them and physical forces is, is the trigger to differentiate the cells into different organ systems and so forth. And so in humans, for example, there's sexual dimorphisms, which means differences between the genders. And uh, the sperm is generally smaller and the egg is generally larger, but they both carry a full set of DNA from the parents. And when they fertilize, one sperm fertilizes the egg to create a combination, a zygote, where it has 23 pairs of uh, chromosomes, but 46 come uh, half from the mother and half from the father. And then this develops into identical cells for a while, and eventually they start to differentiate into embryos. And at this differentiation process, changes can happen that as far as the shape and function of the organism, and this is something that leads to speciation, where some of the even siblings can have slightly different characteristics, for example, their ability to eat, and that that creates a diversity uh, even in the siblings that will lead to survival or not based on what characteristics happened to change. And across more time, that this differentiation into different species creates different large species that eventually can't mate with each other, but have different characteristics that allow them to survive more or less in different environments. And so the Speciation is something, it's a kind of a fundamental aspect of natural selection and sexual breeding that creates different organisms that are have a common ancestor and are similar, but have different features that to make them less or more able to survive. And this happens not just in their genes, but also in their um, memes, which is how the organisms interact with each other. So, for example, chimpanzees diverging from humans, they're both similar, 99% similar in the DNA, but they have different behaviors. And, and the, that 1% makes up a significant difference in their physical uh, as well. And so speciation, there's a, a common ancestor for DNA-based life that has diverged into bacteria and, and plants and animals and fungi. And so the eukaryotes are more complex, the animals and fungi are more complex than plants, and they've diverged into closely related but different functioning genetics, as well as different functioning memes. And memes being the software can differentiate faster than genes being the hardware, in a sense. But the life seems to know the difference between other forms of life perhaps related, and uh, they even hang out together even if they, um, uh, and they're in the game together, even if they're quite different uh, genetically. And so the information layer on top of that uh, seems to be evolving as well. So the basic function of, say, all animals is the behaviors, the mean behaviors of survival, which is driven by fear and hunger and breeding. And then there's more complex types of behaviors that emerge from more complex structures that uh, like the feelings that relate to your behavior 
and then uh, the more uh, subtle kinds of uh, differences like thinking where you're deciding what to do about the feelings that you're feeling that are driven by your basic needs of eating or breathing. And the internet or information language included is an evolutionary progression beyond that. And this is something that's evolving recently and rapidly. Essentially, we'll likely create a speciation event where those humans that adopt the internet and information processing to help them think better will also be less interested in cavorting with those individuals who don't do that, which will likely lead to two different species of humans, those that adopt the internet and those that reject it. And so this is creating a, a kind of a, a hybrid, which is a, an AI-human hybrid, where AI doesn't really do much in the absence of humans, and humans without AI are the predecessor species uh, and so this is something that is creating a kind of a new life form that also is evolving more rapidly. And so how this information part reproduces is not using the same mechanisms as DNA replication in biochemistry, but information is replicated from one uh, host to another across time and across space to create a superorganism of information that the host of this is a combination of people and computers. And so something happened in the 70s recently that uh, has changed, say, the work productivity of uh, people in terms of how work is incentivized and that people have becoming more productive um, with the uh, advent of computers but the uh, hourly compensation for uh, people doing work has been more or less uh, a stagnant for 50 years um, with uh, um, the compute power being the thing that improves the performance, but paying people more than they need for shelter and food is not really improving much. And so the computers are becoming part of our daily existence for those that adopt them. But it means that all aspects of life, in, including work and art and sex, are uh, something that is done by a combination of both computer and the biological human components in that uh, what is a person is now defined not just by their biology, but also by their data. This is changing how the social means of people uh, meeting together to breed or, or things of that nature. And that's um, how people meet has changed pretty dramatically over the last 50 years and, and even more so over the last 25 years with traditional ways of meeting, for example, through the church or through family have started to decline relative to meeting through the internet and online. And this is even more extreme in same-sex couples as than it is in, in heterosexual couples. And one of the other driving forces of this is birth control, which was into use in around 1960, and that those individuals meeting for sexual reproduction have started to change quite a lot as to 
separating sex from reproduction and birth control as a technology allowed separating uh, the reproductive part of sex from the pleasure part of sex fairly dramatically. So the uh, sexual reproduction is changing over the last 50 years. And the importance of breeding means may be increasing while the importance of breeding biological offspring seems to be decreasing. And so this is a like a mean phenomenon in that our, our pretty much closest relatives, the bonobos, who are, of course, closely related to chimps, in that they're in this map here, the bonobos live in the purple area and the uh, chimps live in the green area and they're separated by a river so they don't commingle very much. But the physical uh, characteristics of the bonobos and chimps is very similar, but their behavioral characteristics are quite different where the bonobos use the pleasurable part of sex to socialize and exchange memes and keep their culture together, where the chimps are a bit more physical, where the males are a bit more dominant and aggressive and the females uh, respond accordingly. But in the case of bonobos, when the males are too messed, the the females will offer a quickie to reduce the tumescence and reduce the conflict. So a kind of make love and not war difference where the chimps were more likely to fight. And there it's an experiment in speciation as to which pattern of behavior, which set of memes or memeplex will survive better in those environments. The language part of bonobos is somewhere where AI comes into play, where uh, people have been trying to communicate using symbolic language uh, with bonobos for some time. And the uh, uh, AI will uh, uh, improve this kind of communication uh, in the symbols where it can adapt and understand well, what is the bonobo trying to understanding from what's being uh, given to it and what is it trying to communicate back from what's being given to it. And so AI should improve this kind of communication considerably. And as I mentioned, the music came before speech and abstract symbols. And bonobos have both and, and humans have both and can communicate more on the common thread through music and sounds and gestures and dance and expressions that are uh, a kind of language, but a more primitive or simpler kind of language. Similar with dolphins, for example, some dolphins, their brains are actually larger than humans and substantially larger than monkeys or cats or dogs. And this is an indication of, of how much of their communication is in the form of thought and language and how the different species are actually quite similar, but what they're able to process obviously is different. The dolphins, there's a character, John Lilly, who experimented in the 60s with dolphin-human communication, including giving LSD to dolphins and trying to establish better communications with uh, computers providing some help. But the, uh, the relationship between the humans and the dolphins, trying to bring it closer, where, for example, humans living with the dolphins in an aquarium container 
even to the point of when the dolphins got two mess, the human would relieve the two messes to improve the communi communication between the human and the dolphin. And so humans have been in the modern form for a couple hundred thousand years, but didn't start to keep records or have to have a memory of their communications uh, until only about 6,000 years ago, which is ha half the time uh, that there's been agriculture. And so it's likely that uh, record keeping and abstract written writing evolved with agriculture to keep a memory of the past and make decisions about the future, just like AI does, um, with more reliability. And something has been changing also in this regard that the combination of agriculture, written language, memory, uh, and so forth, things like writing have led to uh, a significant increase in the uh, population of humans. That's is something changed around 1500 years ago that is causing the population to increase. However, in biology, with food in the ecosystem, the has a what's something called a carrying capacity where populations can't increase exponentially without a problem. And so this is just starting to happen with humans where if it doesn't happen, an exponential population growth can lead to a catastrophic collapse called population collapse. And this does happen to other species where they essentially go extinct rapidly and could happen to humans, might still happen to humans, nuclear war or other such things. Uh, so this is uh, like an existential risk uh, coming soon, that the stable population uh, gets to its carrying capacity and then it modulates its fertility or how often um, uh, people uh, breed uh, or whatever creature it is uh, into a, a stationary plateau or, or stable population size. And this seems to be happening to humans where the fertility rate by whatever mechanism is going down in humans fairly rapidly in, in the last hundred years and some parts of the world faster than others. But in a lot of parts of the world, the population fertility is less than two, so less than the replacement fertility rate. And this seems to be uh, accelerating where it's already below replacement rate in developed countries where in life is more information, more writing, more internet, more stuff like that, also since the 70s. And so the population of humans appears to be actually not only flattening out, but decreasing worldwide. And women are having fewer children, the approaching below the replacement rate, and males are having much lower sperm counts. And this could be because of plastics or all kinds of the theories are discussed, but the combination of the memes and the customs around breeding and the biology is controlling the population of humans fairly dramatically. And something around 8,000 years ago, around the time of a written record, around the time uh, of agriculture becoming widespread, probably related to a religious meme of, uh, around breeding, something changed fairly radically for a, a brief time where there was a period about 8,000 years ago where for each male that would reproduce, 17 women would reproduce. So the ratio of males to females reproducing went through a bottleneck of 
the males being much more rarely reproduced and likely the males who were in control of the land, who were in control of the agriculture and the food, they would reproduce with up to 17 women where those males weren't, didn't reproduce at all. And so it created a differential bottleneck where much fewer males reproduce than females. And it's still a ratio of that's not equal in that many more females reproduce than males and many males don't reproduce at all. And so this is something that's largely related around language, around written record keeping, around memory and around agriculture and land. And so likely related to religions and behavioral customs around choices of breeding. And so the kind of Simple version of sex is like a romantic connection between two individuals, but there are forces that are affecting our population and our breeding and and other things that are much more beyond that. And part of it is this transition from biochemistry-based life forms into information-based life forms. Thank you for uh, joining us on Evolution of uh, I with Reese Jones. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. Stay connected as we continue to explore the fascinating world of AI. Until next time, keep questioning, keep exploring.